Seahawks fans, wherever you may be. Welcome back for another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. Join your host, Bill Alpstead, and co-host, sports writer and football analyst, Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another edition of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alpstead, sitting down with Keith Myers. We are in our second uh, show of looking at the uh, team roster and doing evaluations, and we're on to the position group of cornerbacks today. Last week, we decided to flip a coin after the show to find out which direction we were going to go, and we decided to stick with our original plan. Um, and... Um, we started with quarterbacks last week and uh, now switching over to the defensive side of the ball, back end, cornerbacks. Welcome in, Keith. Yeah. Um, so you told everyone the secret. I was going to um, introduce it. I'm like, hey, we're, we're currently doing positions that sound alike. So we did quarterback and now we're going to do cornerback. Um, <laughs> That's funny. What then, comes next? I don't know. Offense and defensive <laughs> tackle in the next two shows. Um, yeah. So... Well, I'm sorry. I, I, don't know. I gave it away. Um, sorry. We could go from safeties to safety valves uh, on offense. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> we could talk about we could talk about objects that sound like football positions. Oh yeah. And, and rank them, and you know. <laughs> um. Okay. Yeah. Or, so or we could talk about actual football terms that. Sound like innuendos, but aren't Uh, because there's a lot of those too. (laughs) Let's talk Seahawks roster, though. This is this is the fun stuff. We we enjoy the off season because we kind of get into the nuts and bolts of what makes the team tick. Um, Roster evaluations are always fun, especially when you get a boatload of new players in the off season. We've got free agent Mm -hmm. players, we've got uh, the draft, we've got undrafted free agents, and now the roster is pretty much the way it's going to be heading into training camp in uh, at the end of July. They'll probably have some peripheral moves uh, before we get there. Uh, but it's pretty well set now, and um, they've got 10 corners listed on the roster. Keith, what's your overall impression about strategy? So I want to talk to you a little bit about scheme, about the new coaches. We've got Clint Hurt heading up the defense with a couple of position coaches on the back end uh, that have come in, in uh, Desai and Carl Scott. And um, I'm really excited about the coaching. Um, But did that translate over into acquiring players that that are going to fit this new scheme that we're going to roll out? Um, I don't know, because we don't know the full details of what this scheme is going to look like. Um, And we probably won't know that until training camp when we start watching the practice. We've made some assumptions that they're going to go press man more often, that they're going to, you know, get up in the wide receivers faces more just because of uh the three new coaches uh ties to chicago and and uh the way they played can i read you um can i take some time to read you a a transcript quote from clint hurt um from today he was on uh, espn uh radio talking about the defense i did not did not see that he was on um ESPN radio today. So, so I'm, just gonna, I'm, I'm just going to read you this because it'll help us kind of frame this conversation a little bit. Um, and it's a little long, so uh, pardon me. So some of the principles are different. Hurt said are 
uh, here, our cover three stuff has been a lot of vision and break and spot drop. What exactly does that mean? Vision and break, really what that means is you have two different principles, Hurt said. When you play zone coverage in this league, some teams are spot drops where you really focused on hitting landmarks. And once you get to your depth, you've got your vision on the quarterback and you're melting and moving off the eyes of the quarterback and reading the shoulders and whatnot for where he's going to be with the football. And then you've got to break and react on the ball. The other side you can play is more of a zone matchup principle where you're really playing bodies and pattern matching more than so more so than you're playing an area. So are you playing a man or are you playing in the area? There's a difference. We'll have some of those principles in certain calls that we'll keep, but the big thing right now is obviously the ability to pattern match and get to be able to react to the stems of receivers and whatnot and match up with people hurt at it. Number one, it helps with the guys on the back end where you can play stickier and challenge routes more and be in position to get your hands on the football a lot more. Two, it also helps uh, affect the pass rush because now we can make that quarterback choke, and kind of hold on another split second. That usually is what you need for the rush in order to be able to get home. So that's the big part right now that our guys are going to, uh, going to learn and going through, and we're doing it really well. So there was a lot of words there. Well, there's, um, there was a lot of in, words and it was a lot. It was very, um, vague. very wonkish in terms of, you know, all right. of the, the, right. the, the terminology and stuff that he, that he used. And I'm not sure that most um, fans are going to really understand the details, but you and I can break it down a little bit. I mean, that's what they're saying is they're completely changing how they're running their zone. Instead of dropping back to a spot and reading the quarterback, they are going to be, um, reading the wide receivers and, yeah. you know, so what that translates to is, is we were giving up a lot, uh, uh, underneath mm -hmm. last year, we'd give up those quick four or five yard gains, like nobody's business and allow teams to march 12 plays, 10 minute drives, everything's underneath. And it's, it's the bend, but don't break philosophy. What you're saying is now we're going to play a little closer. We're going to bump those receivers off the line of scrimmage, disrupt some timing give our uh, rushers a chance to get to the quarterback more. It helps the back end and just kind of pulls everything together. So, it, so, it, but he also mentioned that the idea of still playing in some zone concepts as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, these things, what they're talking about are zone comp concepts. Um, one of the things that the reason why uh, the Seahawks had gone away from, or never really implemented this, this kind of zone concept that, that hurt was talking about is because uh, you see a lot of times where, uh, where, you know, guys will, they're trying to be handed off from one player to the next as it goes to the new zone. And that's not communicated well. And that leaves somebody wide open for a big play and that kind of stuff. So it requires a lot more communication, uh, a lot more work of uh, just knowing what your teammates are going to do and, and, and just their own tendencies. So you know what to do. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of those things. It will take time for this to come what, together. But what does it say? Like it. So let's let's evaluate the top four prospects in the cornerback room right now. Trey Brown, who was here last year, played in five games. Had, it played okay. Um, I went and looked at his overall play and his grades and so forth. I think he's given a little bit more credit than than was due, but he came out pretty strong for a rookie, and um, they expect him to 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 play significant minutes. Um, and then you've got Kobe Bryant, who was just drafted. 
and we've got uh, Tariq Woolen, who was drafted, and Artie Burns um, coming in. And so those guys are kind of at the top, and then Justin Coleman in the slot. What is that? What is that group? What is? We're, let me ask you this: What does our draft picks tell us about what we're trying to do? Well, I mean, to me, it it the draft picks the last two years with Brown and then Bryant, um, the fact that they you know re-upped Sidney Jones um, just, and brought Justin Coleman back, like all of these moves uh, give you guys that are sticky that match up well against individual players. Um, they're not, they don't have the length and the size and the not, some of them not don't have the straight line speed that you would usually associate with a Seattle cornerback. Um, but instead they're like really good short area quickness, very sticky in coverage. And mm -hmm. to me, what that says is just what, you know, Clint hurt was talking about that, that they're going to give these guys a chance to, um, be closer to the receiver, uh, both at the snap, at the um, top of the stem, break on the ball, um, and it's going to be it's going to look more man all the way through the route. Yeah, are you excited about that? I am. I want to see it happen because I, like I said before, there's a lot of communication that has to happen, and we've seen communication problems in, in Seattle secondary as a thing, kind of every year for you know, the last few and at least early in the season. So we'll see how this works early on. Uh, I do think that there's a lot to like here. Um, there's a lot to like, but there's a lot to learn. Like yeah, it's a completely new, new way of, and it's a new language. I think Carl Scott's mm -hmm. bringing in all of his own terminology. Um, so it'll be, it's, it's, it'll, it, it's going to be really interesting right out of the gate. If these guys are ready, if they're ready, I think it's going to be fantastic because teams aren't going to be expecting it. Well, teams will know, but, um, it'll be a, do, a different look than what we've been accustomed to. I think Seahawks fans are going to love this because, yes, you might get burned a couple of times. We're really dependent upon our two high safety looks to be able to, to protect that back end, but everything up front is going to be more contested. So instead of just allowing teams to throw underneath of you, um, it, it, you're going to have a lot more contested throws which means uh, potentially more interceptions, more breaks on the ball, more batted balls, um, all that kind of stuff. I, I think it's fantastic mm -hmm. because you put your best players in a position and usually your corners and your safeties and so forth are your most athletic players on your defense. You allow those guys to make plays, to, to be ball, uh, ball hawks, playmakers. In fact, I'm excited to go see um, Kobe Bryant uh, in this because he self declared himself as the best ball um, player on the ball uh, in the draft. Um, and, and let's go see it. Let's, let's prove it. Yeah, we'll see. Um, <laughs> you go, dude. Uh, you do you No, um, see uh, Bryant is going to most likely end up as a starter coming out of camp. Uh, you've got, Trey Brown is coming back from injury and we'll see what he has. Um, and one of those two is going to probably end up as the starting slot. Um, unless Justin Coleman just comes in and reminds everyone of what, who he was when he was last with Seattle, when he, where he was arguably the best slot corner in the NFL. So um, if one of those two players is in the slot, years. who do you expect to line up on the outside left and right? Um, well, Sidney Jones, obviously. And I would say most likely, um, 
Trey Brown in the in the slot and Kobe uh, Bryant on the outside. And the reason for that is just because, uh, yeah, well, that's part of it. And then the other part of it is if you give a cornerback a boundary, it limits the area that um, they can push their guy over into the boundary and make it really hard for the quarterback. The wide receiver has fewer options. And so you put the rookie out there and let them use that boundary to make their job easier. Whereas you put the second year player who played pretty well last year um, in the slot because, you know, he can handle uh, more responsibility. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the NBA playoffs? With DraftKings Same Day Parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more, and boom! You have a shot at an even bigger payout. Right now, all customers can place the same game parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's promo code TPPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow. Well, so why don't we run down the roster? So let's talk about Trey Brown just a little bit. Um, 5'10", 185. He's a little bit of an older prospect. He'll be 25 by the time the year starts. Mm -hmm. Um, He got injured last year, and we really just didn't expect too much out of him he came in though and, and played physical aggressive he was one of those guys that got handsy on 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 the receivers but didn't look like he was going to draw penalties he was just playing tough physical football um so he's coming back we just don't know the timing everything every indication that i'm hearing is he's going to be ready for training camp does that translate into 100 i don't know i don't know uh, when he's the patellar tendon uh injury that he had is notoriously hard to come back from uh quickly and usually it takes more than a calendar year before you're actually 100 percent. and you've already mentioned he's got a good shot at starting we'll see uh how that goes i i expect that as well um mm-hmm. let's talk about the the new kid kobe bryant um came out won won all the awards in college for being the you know the best defensive back in college football the jim thorpe award um the thing about this kid is, is he is kind of a ball hawk. He's got 10 career interceptions, 45 passes defended in 53 games. He's a good, solid tackler. He's not going to cower away from any uh, physicality in the NFL, but he did run a four, five, four, 40. That's kind of the indicator that you were talking about early as far as yep. um, not being as fast as some of the other corners that, uh, that Seattle has. But I think that speed right there at six, one, one ninety three. Uh, will be just fine for him in the way that they play when you're playing um, press man and, and so forth. I think that gives him the ability to recover and so forth with his. Limits. That speed is why he was available when the, when the Seahawks drafted him down in the um, fifth round. Yeah. Uh, because I think that surprised if, a lot of people actually. If because he, he doesn't, was, he plays faster on tape. Yeah, he does. If he was running, you know, uh, four three eight, four four one, somewhere in that range. 
he would have been a second round pick, maybe a third round pick, but not fifth round. He was, he's a, his tape is significantly better than that. Well, he was a fourth round. Um, and then let's see, let's go down. Artie Burns, uh, you know, Artie Burns is interesting. 25th pick overall in 2016th draft with Pittsburgh washed up in Pittsburgh, just really lost his job there and then got injured, never really came back. Um, traded to the bear, not traded, but uh, picked up by the bears as a free agent, uh, last year and actually played pretty well. Um, Ron Desai was his coach, a defensive coordinator there. Uh, they brought him in, in the off season. That's a good indicator that uh, your head coach, your coach brought you into another team. That means he believes in you. He believes you're going to be a good fit in a scheme. Mm-hmm. Uh, 79.9 overall grade last year from pro football focus. It's just a it's 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 a veteran presence in a in a room right now that doesn't have a lot of veterans. They did yeah, add agreed. Justin Coleman, but um, you know, other than that, you're still dealing with a with a fairly young a lot room. of young players. Yeah, um, yeah. So you kind of skipped over Sidney Jones. Do you want to come back and I, I was going to talk him about next and then talk about the, the guy that was the big surprise last year. Yeah. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't on the team in um training camp they added him right on the uh on the eve of the season took him a few weeks to get on the field uh but really kind of yeah. stepped in and played solidly it was all he played was the big, best he was the best corner on the team yeah he was yeah it was interesting you know the, the guy uh you didn't think about it too much with him because he's only he's six foot 181 he's not the most physical largest intimidating corner that you will see but he had 57 solo tackles. I don't think I saw him miss a tackle. He ranked 12th in the NFL overall in tackles for corners as well. I think that's a great pickup to bring him back. It's a low-cost opportunity for him to solidify his playing in a new scheme that I think suits him well, and he's comfortable in Seattle, likes the coaching staff here. So I see him starting. I I really do. I mean, who else is going to start? Him and Trey Brown, maybe maybe um, um, Kobe Bryant. Other than that, that's it. I mean, unless a guy like Tariq Woolen comes on now, um, I want to talk about Tariq Woolen just for a little bit because here's just a physical specimen and like an athletic freak. But when you really go and look at him in his film and so forth, he just wasn't that good. He was out of position a lot. He's new to the position. He's only played, I think, 16 total games, um, but he just had this tantalizing height-weight-speed combo that is hard to pass on, and Seattle didn't. Um, but I don't think that he's going to be ready, at least for the first eight games, to, to see much of the field. Hey, I think he's going to be a special teams gunner and on all that kind of stuff, um, but I'd be real surprised if he gets any playing action before you know week nine. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, I don't. I, I He's going to start the year um inactive you know on game day and um still learning the position i do i expect him to start the year inactive about week four he starts to get activated so he can play special teams because if you're activating then you're what you're saying is if right if a lot of people get hurt you're gonna have to play and if they're not comfortable with him being on the field with a defense they won't well it depends on what their record is and all that kind of stuff yeah that's true um all right so, but he's exciting. I mean, he's an exciting prospect for the future. Like, if if he comes around and he plays um, well uh, as people expect him to, um, this could be a diamond in the rough for sure. 
All right. So um, Justin Coleman, I thought it was a total underrated um, pickup in the offseason. Most people don't even really know that we picked him up. Uh, he's been around a little bit since he uh, left the Seahawks uh, the first time, went to Detroit. And then I think last year he spent a single season in Miami. Um, and then he was in 2017, 2018 with Seattle. So um, last uh, with with the Seahawks in 32 games, he recorded three interceptions, three fumble recoveries, three defensive touchdowns as a nickel corner. Uh, he's on a one-year deal with a $1.12 million easy-to-digest contract. So we'll see mm-hmm. if he can contribute the way that he contributed when he was here. That's that's perfect. I mean, you couldn't ask yeah. any more from your slot guy. I mean, he's a guy, he's not tall, he doesn't have uh, long arms, but he is super sticky in coverage, or at least was when he was here in uh in town before um his he had, play a, is, he had a grade last is, year yeah. I say his play has dropped off uh the last couple of years yeah he had uh 20 allowed 25 receptions on 37 targets with a pro football focus grade of 52.4 which is poor yeah. mm-hmm. so we'll see we got a couple of fringe guys on the roster that i don't necessarily think we need to spend too much time with mike jackson he was on the roster for the last four games last year, fifth round pick in 2019 out of Miami. He's 6'1, 210, so he's got a little bit of size and length to him. Elijah, uh, Elijah Jones, 6'1, 188 out of Oregon State. They just picked him up a couple days ago. A uh, guy that had not yet uh, come through, um, uh, pra- not practice squad, but uh, mini camps and so forth. Um, so he's just a pickup that we didn't have prior. Josh Turner is another guy that's a. Uh, a rookie invite that that stuck uh, earned a contract at 511 189 out of Florida International and John Reed was there last year as a corner at 510 187 from Penn State third year in the league this year. Yeah, he played some last year when um CX had some injury problems and and he got out there didn't embarrass himself. Um yeah. I don't think he is a guy that, you know, everyone's like counting on for big things but he's a guy that could easily make the roster and just be quality depth. Um, and yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, right, right. I think we should also mention the guy who's not listed. Who's that? Reed from last year. DJ. Reed. Um, yeah. Do you think because, it's a mistake? Seattle didn't pay him $12 million a year. No. Um, he like that. That was more than he was worth. And, but I do think that you're, we're going to miss him on the field. That's two um, years in a row we elected not to pay our corners. Yeah. And allowed them to leave. That's interesting to me. So, yeah, I mean, it is because um, Shaq Griffin was the team's best corner and they weren't going to pay him. And honestly, he, the contract he signed was massive and he wasn't that good. Um, and DJ Reed really balled out in Seattle. Uh, and, but I don't think that he is a $12 million a year player. So, it was economics, but from a football standpoint, it's hard to lose that kind of talent and replace it two years in a row. So I have a question for you. Is it possible to say us to keep six corners on the roster? Yes. And we, haven't, to, looked they, at, they, we haven't looked at safety yet. Yep. They tend to take, um, keep 10 or 11 defensive backs. So they could keep, take six corners and five safeties easy. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that, but at the same time, they're really going to be heavy on linebackers this year, I think. But maybe they not. might be. 
I don't, I don't know. know. Be, it'll be interesting to build a new roster in a 3-4 defense. We haven't done mm-hmm. that. Um, so who are your six guys? Um, Brown Jones, um, Coleman, Woolman, Bryant, and probably Burns. I was going to say probably Burns. You mentioned Jones, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's it. That's that's the room. It's 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 unproven. Um, I think it's a perfect year, though, to develop, you know, oh, especially yeah. for a guy like Woolen. You, you can put him out there halfway through the year and kind of see what you've got, especially if your your uh, your year and record is going south on you. It'd be a great time to, to you know, to allow some guys just to make some mistakes and, and to grow and, and all that kind of stuff. And that's what we've got. We really do. I think we'll get into the safety room and the safeties are the, you know, one of the stronger position groups I think that we have on the team. Uh, but, but corner is, I think has the potential to be really good. I just don't think we're there yet. It'll no, be it's really, really, it'll be a, really young. This is I think the competition though, and in, in training camp is going to be one of the most fascinating to watch. Oh, it'll be fun. Training camp is going to be fun watching the watching the corners because uh, there's a lot of talent and they're all just really young. And so they've got a lot of learning to do. Even the guys that have been in the league for a bit, it's a new system. So they're going to be doing a lot of learning too. It's it's going to be fun watching. All right. Let's get out of here early. Let's How do about it. that? All right. Find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NWC Hawk. Find the show. Find the podcast. Find the YouTube channel. All that stuff. Hit the subscribe button. Make sure you share it with friends and family. And until next time, go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NWSeahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com.